everyone. Today's episode is about something I wish I knew about early on in my grief. I think it's here that I should say my psychologist may have told me about it, but I just can't remember it. To be honest, this is an important concept for everyone to understand, not just those in widowhood and grief. So I'm going to explain the concept of our window of tolerance. I was reintroduced to this last week when I attended a Creative Connections workshop facilitated by Makeshift, an education and support-based support agency committed to creativity and mental health. They run in-person and online workshops and I really can't tell you how much I got out of the two training sessions I have attended. Anyway, I have read further into it, but I wanted to acknowledge them and to thank them for sparking an interest in finding me finding out more. I will share their information in the podcast info. So what is our window of tolerance? Dr. Dan Segel came up with the term to understand and describe normal brain body reactions. It can be explained as the zone of our well-being where we're calm and able to cope with the stuff that happens in our lives. When something happens and we are pushed outside of our window of tolerance, we enter a hyperarousal or a hypoarousal zone. The hyperarousal zone is the fight, flight or fight anxiety response when we feel we can't calm down. The hypoarousal zone is the freeze response. This is when we feel ourselves shutting down. I'll put a visual up on the Facebook group which might help understand it or you can Google it for numerous pictures that explain what it is. Why am I drawn to this concept? Well, as the term explains normal as the term explains normal brain body reactions, it's a way to understand our experiences in grief. I really feel like my early grief experience has been like this. My window of tolerance was squashed and I moved between what this concept labels as the hyper and the hypo arousal zones. Some days I felt sick and hyper alert and also exhausted and on autopilot. In the most overwhelming days of grief, I would say it was hyper and hypo arousal crossovers all the time. But I can say that now I'm in, in my window of tolerance far more often than say a year ago. There is far less extreme hyper and hypo arousal going on in the one day. So why am I talking about this today and what can you do with your window of tolerance? Well, understanding our body-brain reaction to hu human experiences that we have is important and realising that we all have a different zone capacity of coping with adversity is also vital. It helps us to empathise with others and recognise why some people have certain reactions to things that happen. The great news is that we can work on widening our window of tolerance. It's like a muscle that we can build to avoid hyper and hypo arousal. Trying to notice we're in a hyper aroused or hypo aroused state can be helpful and we can try to do some activities to bring us back into our window of tolerance. I've found that making, I've found that activities that ground me when I'm hyper aroused are things like jewelry making, painting and drawing, and mowing the lawn. <laughs> For hypoarousal, I found that cooking, phoning a friend, and writing podcast scripts can help. You will find that what works for me may not work for you, but 
first try just to recognise that you have slipped out of your window of tolerance. I really think that's the first key. I feel like this concept should be taught in schools and we should be well aware of it before we hit, we're hit with an adversity. But I'm a believer that we sh we're never too old for anything and learning about ourselves is continual and essential in our human experience. Grief can be so debilitating and the more we understand, the better we can cope and we can help others cope. Life for me right now is busy. I'm busy in a good way. Um, I volunteer with two groups in my community and I go back to uni next week. I'm excited and it's definitely a different feeling being in my second year. I have three, three years to go and I'm pretty pumped to get started and back into it. I was a nerd when I studied Japanese and I've slipped right back into that. My high school teachers may be a bit shocked. <laughs> so actually I had this little moment last week that I wanted to share with you all. I um, just came out of the supermarket and crossed the road and uh, just doing normal day-to-day -day things and I kind of stopped in my tracks and I just had this sort of like a realisation that, oh, my God, Oki's died and I'm living back in Australia and I'm a uni student. And as it flooded over me, I noticed that my brain has accepted my reality. What I would give for Oki to be here and for our old life together. But that isn't so and I think I've come to an acceptance. Um, it's just a little thing that's happened and I just wanted to share with you just so you know that these moments are normal. Mel and I will be back podcasting together and I'll also be recording by myself too. Everything's just busy and um, it's difficult to align our schedules. And anyway, first and foremost, we're sisters and I value any time I can get with her just chatting about sister stuff. So finding extra time to um, produce a podcast is a little bit tricky sometimes. If anyone wants to reach out with a comment or, or a topic idea, we'd love to hear from you. We have a Facebook page and an email. It's widowhood.podcast at gmail.com. And before I go, I wanted to mention the death of Tich Nhat Han, who passed away at 95 just last month. Um, I've gotten so much comfort out of his words and recordings, especially over the last couple of years. There's just something lovable about him. Um, he did pass away as a very old man, but as a Buddhist, he was never afraid of death. And one of his calligraphy pieces hung by his body during the funeral and it said, a cloud never dies. I just wanted to share that one with you. Thank you for listening today.